I-O-U and sometimes why? <laughs> Those are the vowels, baby. You're listening to... Blake's Takes For God's Sakes. Uh, a podcast that comes out every single Wednesday. Whether we like it or not, I am, I am sitting here in Philadelphia. I got my legs up on my desk. I've got my hands on the ground. I'm doing uh tricep raises right now and holding the microphone in between my legs as i as i raise my body up and down with with uh tries tries buys and flies you know what i'm talking about i'm gonna work out my winged insects e n s e t s insects that's how you spell that word now there's something adorable going on right now that i do feel a pressing need to bring up, and that is that um, there is a rooftop um, that people across from me do have a, a roof deck, excuse me. I guess every home has a rooftop unless it's open air. I live in an open air house. It's a beautiful house. Uh, everything has um, been waterproofed, and bird shit gets in it because they, they fly over and just shit. It is actually amazing that we don't get shat on more by birds is it not is that something we can connect over it is amazing right because there are so many birds and these fuckers they eat they eat they eat they eat the primary thing about birds i would say is number one how much they eat number two how um how they fly i suppose but here's the adorable thing that i'm talking about right now there is um an older two older women i would say probably in their early 60s early to mid to late 60s and they're doing yoga on top of this rooftop in the middle of the day and it looks so fucking peaceful the sun is like kind of peeking through the clouds and it's a nice day and I, I know they're looking out towards the skyline which if there's there's nothing more relaxing to me than just looking at a metropolis, I think. I think there's nothing more natural. And when they say it's man-made, um, I don't know. Is it made in a man-made in America? Man-made in America. I'm surprised that's not a label that's thrown on things more. Hmm. What are we going to be talking about this week? Welcome, welcome to Blake's Takes for God's sakes. And even when I drone on and on and on about supply chains and finance and uh stock in the shelves retail inflation well at least it's not racist at least it's not racist now um speaking of racist i am back from austin texas and no 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 i was just joking around but i am back and it was a terrific weekend so the patrons we caught up about it a little bit on Friday, but uh, to the rest of you sons of guns, um, I was, uh, well, you knew this, I was in Austin, 
over the weekend. I was doing stand-up at Capital City Comedy Club, uh, also known as Cap City. And it's a brand new comedy club. I mean, it, it was, it, as an entity, it's been around for, oh, I don't know, decades. But as a new comedy club, it just opened up in Austin, Texas. And it was it's owned now by Helium Comedy Club, and that's my, my home club in Philly. They also have places in Portland, a place in Portland, excuse me, where Paul lives. And uh, they've got one in St. Louis where Jerry lives, uh, where I'm going at the end of September. And they have one in Austin. I, I could tell you all the cities, but then remember, um, actually on the Patreon on Friday, I, I think this probably took 45 minutes. I went through every state I've ever performed in, and it was shocking. It was shocking that I thought that that was entertaining content. So to the patrons, I apologize. To the rest of you, good morning. And it was um, it was a really fun time. So the first night, uh, so basically the way the club's set up is there's like a larger room that sits probably like 250, 300 people. And then there was the room that I was doing, which only seats like 75. And the first night, it was a very small audience for me. I would say it's probably like 25, 30 people there, but it might have been the best audience I've ever performed in front of. They were so generous with their laughs. They really just straight up let me get away with murder where, you know, they would let me, and by that I mean they'd let me ramble for a while, and they kind of always gave me the wiggle room where, hey, maybe if I didn't get to something funny in... 10 seconds maybe I got to it in 15 seconds or something they would give you that extra time and uh we're along for the whole ride it was such an amazing crowd where they would laugh for so long it like would throw off my timing and they were that good and the openers were amazing uh Holly and uh Carlton was terrific too and the club booked amazing openers so yeah it was uh, just an unreal weekend and then the second night I was, uh, the show sold out, which is amazing that it's interesting. I would, I have sold out shows before, but I don't know. No, I think I did it in Indianapolis, but like, I've never done it when in like a market that's not my own. Does that make sense? Like a market that I'm not living in at the time, but no, my show in Boston sold out too. But I think that was just by like all those shows sell out. So I'm just very fortunate that uh, all you fucking people came to see me. I'm really like, I don't take that uh, for granted because it's not something that uh, A, happens regularly, or, uh, but also I'm just flattered. I'm touched. So t- sincerely, thank you to everyone who came out on Saturday. I wasn't able to meet Patrick, but that's okay. That's 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 just fine. So I I, I missed him. I, I, felt, I felt his presence. And... Uh, I guess I'll start with, and by the way, for the patrons, I think I'm going to upload one of those sets onto uh, a Patreon exclusive. Um, if you'd like to join my Patreon, there is exclusive, some not too much exclusive stand-up on there. There is a, a half-hour set that I filmed in Colorado. Where was that? Fort Collins. And uh, now um, I'll put a little uh, one of my hours up there from... What's it called? From Austin. So if you want to watch that, you can. And all these things. And uh, every Friday, I give a bonus take, uh, you know, 10 to 20 minute video where I, I basically do this podcast, but it's a video version. So if you'd like to join, you can join that for a dollar. It's on patreon.com slash Blake Wexler. If you join for five dollars, you get a special hello. And if you join for 10, like Patrick and Jerry, 
I will uh, eventually send you my things. And that's that's happening this week, Jerry. Okay, I promise. Now, let's talk more about Austin. So I talked about this a bit on the Patreon video on Friday, but I think I now have a little bit more clarity into it, and I think I can bring it now to a bigger audience, okay? Um, so when I... Austin is a city that is that has an identity crisis. I would say unlike any city... I, at first, I, I kind of compared it to San Francisco, where it was one thing, then tech moved in, and it became another. But it was still... I think that was only a one-pronged attack on the city's identity was, for lack of a better phrase, gentia, 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 gentrification, gentrification, gentlemen. Oh, my God. I just saw a lanternfly land outside. Do you people know about lanternflies? Have we talked about this? I talk about it in my act sometimes. Is that a video I should put online? Maybe. Maybe I'll put that online. Strange. So, lantern flies, baby. Um, but as the lantern flies, so what was I saying? God, this bug. So if you don't know what a lantern fly is, essentially it's an invasive species that is in the east. It's definitely on the east coast. They told me they didn't have it in Texas. It's funny. One night I was like, hey, do you have lantern flies down here? And they're like, you mean fireflies? And I'm like, I'm not that stupid. I know the difference. I do know the difference between that. But then again, the way I speak on stage, it's, do you know the difference, Blake? Do you know the difference between a lanternfly and a lightning bug? You know, I came from the right side of the tracks. I was a lightning bug. But my wife, she's a lanternfly, and that's why I, I had to exterminate her. No, that's not that's not good. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, so it's, it's a city. Austin's a city with... um in an identity crisis where I think what, and, and maybe this helped form its, uh, its identity, but it is a progressive liberal town, you know, city in the middle of Texas, you know? So it's already an interesting thing where you have this like liberal bastion oasis in the middle of Texas, but the capital is Austin. So while it is a liberal city, it's in the, in the heart of it. It's it's you know like most identifiable building is passing the extremely conservative laws that you see there, which I think is um, tragically interesting. And also, it's now having a massive influx of tech coming in. So all the you know, weirdos and artists and, you know, people in in the downtown area are, like, getting pushed out. They're getting priced out. So, in, in addition to, like, all the people who, you know, live there as well. So, it's a very interesting thing where San Francisco, I think, still at its heart, is a very, like, progressive place. It's just incredibly expensive, you know, now because tech rolled in. I, you know, Austin's getting hit by both sides where it's like, Oh, like our their identities being threatened by the conservative politics of Texas, and also they're getting priced out at the same time. So, um, I, I again I talked about this on the video Friday, but it's a really interesting thing to see and to hear Austinites, Austonians, Austinians, Palestinians. Is that pals because they're friends? 
Austin, the name Indians, meaning persons of. So pal Austinians. Is that confusing? Is that confusing at all? <laughs> yeah, Blake referred to people from Austin as Palestinians, which didn't make which really confused matters. Now, um, but talking to people there, it's about it. Which probably is not something I should do. It, there is, I do have a, a fucking problem where I do enjoy talking about something that is clearly va- like a big issue near and dear to people's hearts. And I will not only ask them a lot about it, I will, won- I will wander, wonder? I'll wonder about it. Just, you know, chatting about it off the top of my head. Just like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk out loud about it. And... I think that, which is a thing I should work on, and there's really nothing else to say about that. It's a thing I should probably stop doing, where it's like, no, Blake, by all means, you who have been to, what, Austin once, I've lived here for 20 years, why don't you explain to me what's going on in my city? No, by all means, you should know. And I do, that's how I act. It's a personality flaw. And you know what? I think it's a personality thaw, because it needs to thaw, because I'm so cold. So, um... When people talk about it, it's it's interesting. Uh, my personality flaw aside, when people talk about that city, it's in a, it's almost as if they are doing the math and like accepting what's happening there in real time. You know, when when you talk to someone from Austin, they're like, "Yeah, no, it's um, the tech's uh coming in, and it's really just, <laughs> it's yeah, it's been changing," and and that was the tone of everybody like nobody seemed to have a good handle on it because i think to have a good handle on that situation there to me seems like you have to accept that the place that you love has uh changed for for forever or at least in your lifetime because lord knows the way you people eat there your life will not be that long but it was really interesting um interesting thing to witness uh i did do so the show's were in a comedy club that was located in a type of mall that is not of this realm. Does that make sense? It's not of it is not of this universe where it's in this thing called the domain in Texas. And it's uh it's in North Austin. I guess it still is technically Austin, but it's the opposite. Like whatever vibe keep Austin weird, you know, that there is, it is the complete and utter opposite of that where it's it's not weird it's weird it's not weird so if it's keep austin weird that place is like okay keep the domain bizarre i think is is what the theme there is because it is a massive massive mall complex and it's an outdoor mall but also like residences where you'll see like a gucci a prada a medulla oblongata, a jambages. Oh, what is that? Jambages? Is that is that what's happening? Is that what this podcast has turned into? Oh yes, my my favorite place to shop, jambages. So, um, that is the plural, by the way, of jamba juice. I don't know what you were thinking. So, um, jamba juice, jamba juices doesn't sound right. Jamba jizz. They now, now we're talking. Now I'm talking. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Get out. Get out. Get out. 
Get out. I says get out. That was um me making uh being mean to a cat and then it transformed into a monster and um killed me. That's what that scene was. Okay. You can stay tuned for more scenes next episode. That was my hand slapping my leg. So a bird of a knee slapper. I'm a, that was a thigh slapper. Um, so it was in a massive mall. And if uh, when I post that clip on the Patreon, um, you'll be able to see I talk about it nonstop throughout my act. But it's a huge, massive mall with like these incredibly expensive condos on top of the incredibly expensive stores with incredibly expensive restaurants in it. And the club, by the way, is amazing. It's like, and I, you know, they put it there. I think it's actually kind of genius because they can get foot traffic from people with money. And actually, just hip people came to the comedy club too. Like, it seems like people from Austin actually drove in to see uh, the shows. But, oh, I, I got to tell you something else in a minute. So, um, it's a very, very weird place in itself, that place. So, okay, here, let me, let me tell you this part. So, in the other room, and this is no one's fault. Eh, it's probably someone's fault. But again, I would perform in that place over and 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 over again. But in my room, my small room, it's kind of next to the main room, the 300-seater. And the laughs and the sound sometimes from the main room would bleed into my room. Now, I like to think sometimes mine would bleed into that room as well, but I don't know. I think, you know what, I, I guarantee, I got some some applause breaks. Thank you, Austin. That probably bled into that room a little bit. So I, I'd like to think, and I yell a lot on stage, so I'd imagine they heard me at, uh, like, at least a couple times over there. And I just had a thought pop into my head. I have no idea where my wedding cake is. It's in a freezer somewhere. It's not here. Maybe it is here. Something I should look into. But first, so um, I'm performing in this room. And again, it really didn't affect, like, I, I did get distracted at one point by it. But I did make jokes about it that just kind of, you know, disarmed the situation. But cut the red wire. Um, <laughs> so uh, literally, I would be on stage and I'd be in the setup to a joke. And then from the other room, I could hear thunderous laughter because the comedian in the other room was Miss Pat, who is a is a beast, like so fun, like a one of the biggest uh, laugh-inducing comedians there is. And she was in the other room, so she was crushing. So there would be times where I'd be setting up one of my little jokes, and then from the other room, I'd hear, like just, and then like a round of applause. And it was at first, I'm like, with things like that, when I'm on stage, I think to myself, okay, if there, so there often is a danger of if I don't acknowledge, if I do acknowledge this, so the opposite of don't, if I do acknowledge this it could bring an attention to it that wasn't there before and by acknowledging it i might actually it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy that people will get distracted by it but the risk of not acknowledging it is that oh like it could be sad 
in a way of like, oh my God, does this guy like, or I, w- I would seem not present, first of all, where, you know, if it's the proverbial elephant in the room, uh, where, you know, if there's an elephant in the room and you don't talk about it, it's like, uh, guys, are we not going to mention this fucking elephant? You know what I mean? So there was a, for me, I'm like, okay, at some point, if I'm going to talk about this on stage, the fact that like you can hear laughter coming in from <laughs> that isn't mine coming in from the other room, you know, like I do need to acknowledge the fact that uh, I, I do need to say it in a funny way and I need and it needs to be funnier than it is distracting. So what I did was basically say that because, again, like in, it was barely an issue Saturday night because my because the show sold out. It was a little bit more of one on um, Friday, but basically I was like, guys, I am having, and this is true. I was being 100% sincere. I said, uh, y'all, I'm having one of my favorite sets ever. You have been literally the perfect crowd. I couldn't be more present. I couldn't be having more fun. But and this was after like a big round of round of laughter came from the other room. I'm like, there is really nothing that pulls you into where you're at in your career quicker than someone's a comedian in another room their laughter being louder than the laughter in the room that you're performing in like that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a like oh hey Blake just just so you know this is still where you're at in your career all right um and that ended up kind of diffusing the situation and every time like that would happen and by the way her laughs never drowned my laughs out I was I was exaggerating and I do need to say I was exaggerating or else I'll have a nervous breakdown but that was uh that was the situation but it didn't it didn't matter those crowds were so good there was no like no hecklers no loud people you know it was crazy and it's funny so miss pat was in the other room and by the way that's her stage name that's not me being like overly you know gentlemanly um overly polite but so she did i only did two shows i did one show friday one show saturday an hour basically on each show and she did the customary amount of shows on the weekend generally if you're in like a, a main room like that is you do two Friday, one show at eight or one show at seven thirty, one show at ten. And then Saturday you do a seven thirty and a ten. So it's like one Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday is generally like a traditional um run. But she sold so many tickets that sometimes you add a show and often if you add a show it'll be on Sunday or you do a second show maybe do a second show on Thursday but she decided to do a show at 4:30 on Saturday instead of like a midnight show on Saturday which se- seems like it's too early for a show but she sold 150 tickets which is a lot to a 4:30 show on a Saturday it made me think, I'm like, God, I, I remember, and I'm, I'm going to use a bad word here, but like Bill Cosby would do at like later in his career before, you know, he, what if like Bill, like what if I was positive Bill Cosby was put in the electric chair right, right before Bill Cosby was put to death, got the chair. Um, it's like Blake, he was released. Excuse me. Blake, he was released. What if, and this is dark. What if, if you could go, okay, if you not t- tickets is not the right word. If you were able to attend Bill Cosby's execution, <laughs> would you go? Okay? Would you go? And and here's here are the parameters, okay? It's literally I would say it's a 45 minute drive. 
<laughs> from from where you're at, okay? Because that's my first thing. It's like, all right, how much of my day is this? Would I go see Bill Cosby be executed? Because if you think about it, you can think about it in two ways, okay? And, and I'm not going to tip which way I'm going, all right? Because one way, it is like, all right, you do, this man is the is a monster, okay? This man, like, raped, drugged and raped 20 women, okay? But you still would have to watch a human being get executed and i would not want that i i that's that's the one problem okay well i just told you what my decision was great like great storytelling wait 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 to hold on to the reveal until the last second okay so i think so that's why i i definitely i wouldn't want to watch anyone get killed actually i think that's too much so i think it's that's just too much honey um so i but my first thought was not like, hey, like, do, would you be able to watch a person get executed? Because I couldn't. It was how much of this is it going to eat into my day? You know, like, is it like 45 minutes? Okay, if it was 20 minutes away, I'd be like, that's almost too easy. You know, because if you're if you want to go watch an execution, I think you need to be inconvenienced in some way. 45 minutes. Now, if it's 45 minutes, no traffic. Like 45 minutes and there will be no traffic. I think that's good. If it's supposed to be 20 minutes and it's 45 because there is traffic, I think like, all right, yeah, I can't go to this. Ex- I would tur- honestly turn around. I'm like, I can't go to this fucking execution. This is too, this traffic is too bad. <laughs> but there's another way of thinking about it because I'm sure there, what percent of people would go? Because he is a bad guy, right? And look at, look at how many people enjoy um true crime stuff right which really is just a voyeuristic look at murder is really what it is and i i enjoy it myself but i there's people who are into into it way more than i am so if you now would you now you know here's another question would you attend if you were invited to an any execution like let's say it was of a like a like a murderer okay like not a famous murderer but a bona fide like confessed this person did the worst thing you can do a murderer okay anonymous if you were invited to the execution and you'd be anonymous okay no one would know who you are you would just go in there and watch the execution this is very morbid this whole podcast is morbid it's morbidly obtuse (laughs) um would you go to it what percent of people would go 20 15 I'd hope it'd be 10 no I hope it'd be I hope it'd be 10 because I do think even if a person's horrific I don't want to see someone die you know what I mean but I do think that there's a a big part of humanity that would really love to watch a person who deserves to die die because I mean look at it um Years ago, people would attend public executions all the time, right? They would go to hangings. So I think now, because we are in a slightly more civilized culture, that stuff there's no public hangings anymore. But if someone could go to an execution, I would say 10%. I would say 15% of people would go. I would say 15% of people would say they'd go. And, 20, and 30% would actually go. Does that seem high? Sound off in the comments. Sound off in the comments. 
don't do that. Then, then like my my podcast is going to be like algorithmic algorithmically associated with uh, executions. It is an interesting question though. I don't know why I zeroed in on Bill Cosby, but oh, because it would be a celebrity execution. So does that mean people would be more likely to go? Because it's almost like getting the ultimate concert ticket, <laughs> you know. But um, I still wouldn't go because, and he's like an old man. Which I think, even though he's a monster still, that's still, like, would be even harder to watch. So, I would not attend Bill Cosby's execution. And, but that being said, he used to do, um, before it came to light how much of a monster he is, um, he used to do, at the end of his career shows, he would do matinees, where he would just sit and do his hour at, like, one thirty and 4.30, and then he'd go home. And to the point about, like, Miss Miss Pat doing a four thirty show, it. I don't even think this is an age thing. I think in my like an audience at four thirty will be so much better than a midnight audience because if you picture it, they've been on a on a weekend. Lord knows when they started drinking, right? So say like they got like an eight o'clock dinner and they had drinks at dinner. That's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They've been drinking for four hours, okay? And there's a two item minimum often in comedy clubs where if you go it's you pay for the ticket and you are you must buy two drinks or two items of food or two whatever like sodas like two eleven dollar sodas or whatever so you'd have to drink more and by the time you get on you have your openers it's going to be like twelve forty-five. so you're going to wrap up your set at like I almost said half to two. That's not a thing. I would you would say one thirty or quarter of two, not half to two. You'd say half past, right? Half past one, but half to two sounds much later, does it not? Later skater, later alligator. So, what was I saying? What have I been saying? So yeah, I would much rather do a four thirty. Then I'd rather have the audience like not fully awake, you know, like and having their their entertainment body clocks off a little bit, than to do a show when they're like gone. And but but actually, there's a little bit of a twist to this. So hello, my wife just walked in, and Julia. <laughs> my dog walked in too. That was the joke, but you couldn't see it because. I have a feeling she probably thinks that this thing isn't even plugged in when I'm talking to it. I think she just thinks I'm talking to myself in here. And and the Patreon really is less of a Patreon for you guys paying for my content and more of a charity that you all have been giving me. Which, and either way, I appreciate it, to be completely honest. So, um, oh, guys, the instep of my foot hurts. So, by the way, I think I'm going to buy a new bicycle. I, I literally think I'm going to buy a bike from Austin. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that a little bit lazy? <laughs> it ain't lazy. It ain't lazy to be crazy. So I, what was I saying? Oh, so yeah, I, I would much rather do a 4.30 than a midnight. Now, that being said, apparently for the 4.30 show, I was, I was talking to some of the bouncers there, you know, because I'm like one of the guys. And he was saying that like they had to throw 10 people out of the 4.30 p.m. show because they were blackout drunk, which is wild, you know, to, because here's the thing, I think when you're too drunk at a stand-up show at night, and by the way, I've, I do not understand this behavior where, have any of you been so drunk that you'd interrupt a show that like 200 people paid to see because you thought that your 
input was more important than what people paid to paid for. You know what I'm saying? Can you wrap your mind around that? Because that is what a lot of heckling is. It's when someone in the crowd thinks that what they have to say is worth ruining the experience for all the other people in the room who paid money to see and got babysitters and, you know, like create scheduled a night out. That's what that's what heckling really is. And I've never been so drunk that I would do something like that. No, I'm trying to have empathy here because maybe they're so drunk that you you kind of like lose sense of your surroundings where you're just looking at the maybe you're sitting in the front and you don't see the hundreds of people behind you and it's just you and the comedian in your mind. Maybe that's it. But then if the comedian in a way like, you know, and there is a polite way to stop to tell someone to shut up. And then you could look around and be like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed like that that I've seen before. And then if a comedian sees that you're really embarrassed and you're quiet now and then they keep digging into you, I think then that's on the comedian and that's not cool either. But um, anyway. But yeah, 10 people, 10 people, 10 people were thr- 10 people, 10 people, 10 people, um, 10 people, 10 people were thrown out of that show, which is so funny. Like you'd have to get so goddamn dr- how like, what does your day look like if you're blackout drunk by 430 in the afternoon and no one stops you from going to a comedy show? You know, like I think if I was that drunk, I wouldn't even be able to get in a car and get to the show in a timely manner, and even find my way to my seat, right? There's a great picture I, I posted this from, I, like uh, I guess earlier this year, where when I was in, I was uh, doing a string of shows at in Denver at the Denver Comedy Lounge, and I, what was I saying? I was doing a bunch of shows at the Denver Comedy Lounge, and, um this woman like just passed out right next to the stage <laughs> and you know my my now wife took a great picture where like i'm on stage doing stand-up and there's just someone like asleep in the front row and now she wasn't asleep from boredom she was asleep because uh alcohol um caused her mind to enter a state where she uh could not be awake anymore but i it, it's a great it's a great picture anything else I still got like six minutes left. I, we we got to talk about something, right? Oh, okay. So here's another thing. So I I took oh God. I I spent so much on Lyfts and Ubers there. Um, yeah, you know, because I'm I'm flashy. But I got in an Uber, and the guy who was driving was like very nice at first, and um, he goes like, oh, like are you like? Because I had like my bag, my travel bag with me. He goes, oh, like where are you visiting from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from um. I'm from Philly, you know, I'm in town, and he goes, oh, yeah, like, oh, Philly's a great town, I was like, oh, did you grow up in Austin, you know, just making conversation, and he goes, no, I'm from Southern California, and I was about to be like, oh, I lived in LA for 10 years, I was about to say that, and he goes, but, you know, uh, one day I was a victim of a home invasion, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, you know, and I'm already like, oh, okay, like, this is a person, he, he's, it came up where he's from, and I guess he wanted to explain why he had to leave Southern California. Uh, I'm trying to find where's the line of an overshare here, you know? And he was like, yeah, you know, like I was uh, I was a victim of a home invasion. So I moved to Minnesota. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, like that's so scary. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And I thought that's – I thought that was like 
yes, that's TMI. You could just say that like, oh, like to a stranger, I moved to Minnesota. I'm from Southern California. I moved to Minnesota and now I live in Austin. Like that's really all the information that I needed. But he did throw in that he was a victim of a home invasion. And I was like, all right, too much of a detail, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not, that's not going to freak you out. Right. But what he said next will, would freak someone out where he goes, yeah, I was a victim of home invasion. And then I moved to Minnesota. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. He goes, yep. I was stabbed 24 times. And I was like, I think I straight up said, oh, my God. <laughs> I think I said, oh, my God. That's I, I legit. Here's legit what I said. I said, oh, my God. That's literally the scariest thing I've ever heard anyone say in my life. And he goes, it was a real, uh, real horror show. Real. And what was that movie with a stabbing through the curtain or whatever? And I'm like, uh, and I was just sitting there and, you know, it was he kept asking me like like more questions and stuff and generally the way i'll bond with someone is like oh if i find out that we have like a place in common that we've lived like we can talk about that but i i didn't want to talk to him more about southern california because i didn't know if he had like ptsd or something you know which he would like by the way would be completely uh, understandable if he had it so he's driving me like 80 miles per hour down the highway i'm like god if like what if like my like my watch you know, like the, the sun catches it or he sees my keys and they look like a sword or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to have them like to have, to have PTSD. So I'm like, okay, I can't bond with him on a Southern California level because I don't want him to have to think about that horrific incident that happened to him. But good Lord, to just say that you were stabbed 24 times to a string. It's terrifying. It's, it's, it was terrifying for me is what I'm saying. Not just him. It was absolutely horrifying for me. Anyway. <clears throat> What do you do in those situations? I think I handled it pretty well. You just say like, you kind of imply that, hey, what you're saying is freaking me out and maybe not that appropriate to do. And also, I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. That sounds absolutely horrifying. I feel like that's probably the way to do it. I think that is kind of what I said, right? It was interesting. Lyft, less expensive in Austin than Uber. Often I've been finding that like Uber in pretty much every city is the cheap one. But yeah, for some reason in Austin, actually the South in general is warmed up to Lyft, which is weird because Lyft's like pink. <laughs> in my mind, the South likes, they don't like pink. Does that make any sense? Does anything make any sense, folks? I'm running on empty. I am running on empty. So I'm going to, I'm going to get going, but I love you. I love you all. This podcast really does. I've noticed help so much with my stand-up so i really hope like whenever i'm in your town um i'd love for you to come see me because this is you've helped create i'm, I'm really proud of my stand-up right now and I, I think you've helped create that because i think even though i've been doing it for forever sometimes i think there would be a um oh not a way to think but th there could be a danger of saying like oh my god i have to do 45 minutes to an hour tonight even though I've done this a million times, like, can I even fill that 45 minutes to an hour? And because I do 40 minutes of completely unplanned shit on this podcast each week, it's like, well, if I can do that, then I can do 40, like 40 minutes to an hour of that. And I also actually have planned 45 minutes and to an hour of material, you know? So it's, it's really this, um, 
is a weird way of saying it, but this podcast has really helped with my 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 performance endurance perform performance perform perform endurance performance endurance. I'm gonna do a performance endurance Dorrance, Colorado. Anyway, all right, that's enough. So that's the podcast for this week. If you want to come see me live, I am going to be in St. Louis, September 30th and October 1st. Kind of the same deal that I did in Austin. Uh, one show Friday, one show Saturday, both at 8 p.m. And I'll have more dates coming up soon. I'm coming to Cincinnati in 2023. Uh, I believe I'll be coming to Minneapolis if you listen in 20, early 2023. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And other than that, thank you so much for listening. I love you all very much. And I will talk to you soon. Patrons, see you on Friday, baby. Blake! Blake Wessler! Blake! Blake! Blake Wessler! Blake! Blake Wessler! Blake! Blake! Blake Wessler! 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 Blake Wessler! Blake! Blake! Blake!